Okay, it seems like the internet's not working very well either, so... Oh, I found myself in shit. I, I didn't hear what you just said. <laughs> I guess that answers that. Um, so it sounds wonderful is what you're telling me. Hello, pod people. Welcome back to another episode of Big Bad Nonsense. I am your host, Sock, sitting here with my ever-faithful co-host, Biscuit. Hey, guys. Um, have any of you seen a Christmas package for me? Because I haven't yet. A, a Christmas package from you? Oh, did I say from? I'm off to a good start. For me. Um, <laughs> sent one priority today on the 18th, and it's not here. So, if you have it, I'd like it. Is this is this in reference to the trials and tribulations you've been having with the United States Postal Service? Yeah, and their customer service has been great. Um, they haven't responded to me for 11 days either. I mean, it's a bang-up job all around. This house smells like weed. <laughs> to be marginally fair to the United States Postal Service, uh, they were kind of gutted uh, by your government in the past few months, were they not? I mean, there's, there's a lot of blame to go around. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> Biscuit, it is a new year. Yeah, um, bar set pretty low. Uh, how do you feel about the new year so far? I mean, so far, it's the same damn thing it was last year. I mean, I, I know I usually bring positivity and joy to the program, but um, 2020 ending doesn't mean the 2020 shit ended. Um, Okay. We still got a long way to go, baby. Now, now here's the thing. I, I, I see this all the time on Twitter, and it, it's the exact reaction that you're giving. People are like, oh, yay, 2020 is finally over. And then there's a rush of people jumping in to say, hey, 2021 probably isn't going to be much better. But we know that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the closest to being the well, actually guy that I've ever been. But <laughs> it, it's... I'm, I'm not good at being positive. Okay, the, the the thing I'd like to point out, just to these people on Twitter who are, who are doing this thing, it's we know that 2021 isn't going to be much an improvement. The the reason people are saying this is because we're just happy that there's something that shows that time is moving. <laughs> I, I actually hadn't thought of it that way, but yeah, I mean. You're so used to every day is the same day now that I guess it is nice to see the number move. <laughs> and, and you know, one thing that means is we're only about uh, two weeks away from a certain guy um, moving. <laughs> uh, a certain pumpkin-headed guy? Yeah. Um, and... And he, he doesn't think he should go. So it, it's going to be really funny when he turns to the Secret Service, expecting them to just back him up, and they look at him, they're like, we don't work for you anymore. I, I don't know if funny is going to be the adjective we want to use in this situation. Well, his supporters are what I'm scared of. Like, I think some shit might go down. So, uh, Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> Biscuit, we, we often start off the show on a very negative note, and then we talk about, you know, some of the 
most sort of weird and downer elements of history, maybe we should start trying to say something positive at the beginning of every episode. Oh, man, uh, and I, and I still gotta drop a stinker on this whole thing. Um, <laughs> I mean, if you want to say something positive, I would get it in now. Well, let's see. If I was to look back at 2020 and say something positive, I bought a bicycle? <laughs> well, that's fun. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. Well, I, I, that's the thing, right? Like, it, it, it's hard to find positive things I know, but, like, it, it has been a great experience, and it's been very helpful during this whole coronavirus situation to just sort of be able to go out and actually exercise while all the gyms are closed, right? Like, I'm, I'm a pretty exercise kind of guy, and for a while, it, it looked like I was just going to end up sitting at home and rotting. And, you know, I'm kind of happy that I have a bicycle. So that's kind of my positive note. Yeah, see, I've done the sitting at home and rotting thing. Um, I've, I've bought, like, ten pairs of shoes, but I don't, like, exercise in them. I just, like, go to the liquor store and cry. Uh, maybe you should buy a bicycle. I, I'm going to do that as soon as my stimulus check shows up. Haven't gotten that either. <laughs> okay, well, maybe when your stimulus check finally does arrive, uh, you'll have something positive to talk about. I'm going to get a bicycle with one of those, like, 1950s little ringing bells on the front. Go for it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of going for it, uh, you ready for this one? Is this the joke? Yeah. Okay, uh, li- listeners, Biscuit has been hyping this joke for the past... I don't know, two days or something to me. So this this better be good. It's not. Um, <laughs> um, you're probably going to need a second to figure it out, and then once you do, you're going to be really mad at me. Okay. Uh, like, I, I found this the other night, like, stoned, and when, I, when it clicked in my head after, like, a minute, like... Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How do you think the unthinkable... I don't know. With an iceberg. What? I. How do think you think Titanic? Yeah, yeah. I. How do you think the unthinkable? Yeah, sink the unsinkable. Okay. With a what? With an iceberg. See, the whole joke is like it's a lisp. Biscuit, this has to be the stupidest joke you've ever had. I, I mean, God, when I found it, it's like, that's the one. Fuck the book. <laughs> um, y- 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 the book would have been better. I, I have just made it so there's no chance this is going to be a good recording. <laughs> okay, so we're off to a great start, so let's move on with the show. Yeah, baby. Biscuit. What? Can we open up the mailbag? That's nice, yeah. All right, so uh, our first letter is uh, from Phil, and uh, Phil was very short and succinct with his letter to us. Uh, He said, Joe Rogan. Well, I mean, it's just like the new age, Baba Booey, Baba Booey, Howard Stern's penis. I... 
I, I, I don't know. Uh, I did write back to him to say, and a very Joe Rogan to you too. Because <laughs> I, I, I don't know what he meant. Uh, I don't know if he Oh, Joe Rogan, you crazy! <laughs> yeah, uh, man, what a career that guy. I mean, he was like a barely relevant character on news radio, and then like, I mean, he sure as fuck has more listeners than we do. <laughs> Actually, you know what's funny? When we first released our podcast onto Apple Apple Podcasts, uh, anytime you clicked on our podcast and you scrolled down to the recommended section, he was always the first recommended thing. Well, oi, that's a punch in the stones, isn't it? Oh, okay. I, All I, right. I, I, I don't think it's because Apple was saying that his podcast was similar to ours. I think what was happening there is just that he is the biggest comedy podcast ever. Comedy in yeah, quotes. Yeah, he gets recommended to me on Spotify all the time. Yeah, I like he's he's Spotify's new cash cow. They're gonna recommend him until until the 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 heat death of the universe. Yeah, um, he's basically replaced Alex Jones. But um, I mean, I'd take I'd take his numbers for fucking sure, but his listeners. Eh. <laughs> Speaking speaking of Alex Jones, did you see Joe Rogan on the Alex Jones show? Uh, it sounds familiar. Hey, okay, uh, don't bother. Um... Yeah, <laughs> I, I was. You you'll notice I didn't say I'm gonna have to check that when we're done. <laughs> Uh, they they basically get high and talk for several hours. It's it's uh, it's boring. Yeah, I mean, speaking as somebody that you know has a two-foot bong in their bedroom. You know, high discussions usually are pretty boring if you're, like, watching them happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, th- this mailbag isn't supposed to be about Joe Rogan, and we do have more mail to get to. Uh, the The next email is from John, the infamous John. Oh, is it that, John? I swear to God, I'm going to kick you in the nuts. <laughs> and he says, uh, talk about how uh, Steven Seagal runs funny. Uh, no. (laughs) John really wants us to talk about Steven Seagal. Yeah, I mean, he's been real subtle about it, but yeah. (laughs) Uh, John, please stop. Yeah, sounds great. (laughs) I mean, I would would ignore his emails, but for the fact that... uh, you know, we, we don't get a whole lot of them, so I might as well read them. I was going to say, we can't afford to lose them. <laughs> okay, and the last email we have here is from a guy named Jim. And Jim is from, where is Jim from? He's from Wisconsin. That's a very appropriate place for Jim to live. It, what, Wisconsin? No, where is Jim from? <laughs> Jim is from Wisconsin. Do, do, do. <laughs> Okay, so uh, the, the the question from Jim is directed at me. He says, uh, hey, you guys were talking about the, um, the coronavirus in general in the world, and uh, he was just curious uh, to know what it was like here in Slovakia, since I didn't touch on it very much uh, in our discussions. And uh, the answer to you, Jim, is not good. Yeah, it's just, oh, over there, it's great. <laughs> like, you should see it. 
I, I mean, we, we kind of avoided the first wave, uh, but the second wave is currently kicking our butts. I mean, we have about, I don't know, 50,000 active cases in a country of, you know, 5 million people. I think there's like 2,000 people dead. And uh, it's uh, every every fifth person tested has it or something like that. It's uh, it's not doing well over here. Yeah, um, that was kind of my assumption. Um, and you know, every like couple of months, you know, you see these stories about how there's a new strand that's more contagious that just showed up somewhere. I think one just happened in Colorado here. Not to hijack your country getting fucked up, but yeah, it's fun everywhere. Uh, fun is not the adjective I would use to describe it. Uh, I, I don't think anyone's doing particularly well right now, other than, like, I don't know, several Asian countries and maybe New Zealand who have gotten it, maybe Australia who have gotten it under control. But the rest of us, mm-mm, we're not doing so well here either. Yeah, so take ourselves and push ourselves really far away from everything else. So... With that, uh, I'd like to remind our listeners, bigbadnonsense at gmail.com if you want to send us an email, or you can always tweet us. Nobody tweets us. No, I mean, we don't tweet many people, so I guess that's kind of a give and take. Maybe we should tweet more people. Yeah, I'm going to try to get blocked by Trump like you. (laughs) Uh, You know, all I did was write three words, go fuck yourself. I've literally done that like 500 times. Okay, now, to be fair, I did this before he was president, when he was still campaigning. Campaigning's all he does now. He still thinks he's fucking running for his third term. Yes, but I think that uh, what it is is that once he became president, he wasn't allowed to block people anymore. There's been a few legal fights in the United States about that. I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, it it might actually be something we could do on the show, but basically, uh, political representatives, they're not allowed to cut you off from communication, and uh, the president is involved in that too. There's been several lawsuits about it, about people that Trump has blocked, uh, not just him, but other members of Congress and senators as well, uh, where they blocked constituents on Twitter or Facebook or something like that. So I think... Because those lawsuits are sort of in progress, the whole blocking thing kind of got put to the side. So I don't think you could get blocked by him now. Watch this segue I'm about to do. Wow, I just learned something. Speaking of learning, let's get to the next part of the show. (laughs) All right, and here we go. Biscuit. What? Uh, the Yevla goat did not burn down this year. It really was like the worst year ever. <laughs> now, to be fair, uh, the Yevla goat kind of had everything stacked in its favor. With coronavirus, less people going outside, it was less likely that, you know, someone could sneak out there and actually set the goat on fire. Yeah, it's hard to blend in. I mean... 2020 did a number on a lot of things, like mass shootings, they really took a beating. Oh, those are coming back, though, apparently. Oh, yeah, I mean, don't worry, they'll be back. <laughs> anyway, uh, the, the reason I mentioned the Evla Goat is because uh, today is going to be our Christmas episode. Yeah, um, for 
Man, we're getting really ahead of this one. Wow, 2021, what a year, everybody, right? I, I mean, we, we had planned to do a Christmas episode. Uh, I had a bunch of notes and everything, and we got delayed. So many bad things happen, and uh, we just didn't eventually get to it. But I figure, why waste good content? We might as well do it, huh? Yeah, fuck it. Fuck it. Okay, so Biscuit... If you don't like it, go listen to Joe Rogan. Uh, I, I think you... Um, no. Nah. All right. Don't listen to Joe Rogan. Scratch that. <laughs> I, I I think anyone who listens to us isn't going to be very inclined to listen to Joe Rogan. Uh, and if they're hate listening to us, they probably still wouldn't be inclined to listening to Joe Rogan. All right. Well, let's talk about Santa. Okay. We're, we're not actually talking about Santa specifically. Biscuit, do you remember last year when I gave you a Christmas trivia quiz? I mean... I don't remember 20 minutes ago, but yeah, I think I did really good and got all of them. Oh yeah, you, you did stellar, like 10 out of 10 would would quiz again. Uh, anyway, the the one of the questions that I asked you, uh, well here, what I'll do is I'll play a clip from the uh, previous year's episode. In the year 1647, the Parliament of England made Christmas... Great again. <laughs> The opposite of that. Bad for the first time. <laughs> Illegal? Yes, you got it. Damn! <laughs> Good job. In 1647, they made Christmas illegal. Why? Yeah, I am aware, as I definitely just heard that audio, and it's not getting edited in later. <laughs> okay, so, Biscuit... You might ask yourself, why would anyone make Christmas illegal? I believe I did. <laughs> you did, in that clip you did, and I didn't really give much of an explanation. Uh, one of my friends suggested to me, hey, what's the story behind that? You should actually make that into an episode. So I'm doing that. I mean, it. yeah, I can see the content there. <laughs> It seems like a very mean thing to do. Well, I mean, uh, it, it's funny because, like, nowadays, it's like they're always talking about the war on Christmas, uh, which isn't real and doesn't exist, but uh, they won't stop talking about it. Uh, I want to take you back to a time where they actually had a war on Christmas, where the government declared a war on Christmas in a way. Yeah, because the current one, uh, let me double down on that. Yeah, that's not a thing. <laughs> Uh, it comes up every year. I think Bill O'Reilly is probably one of the biggest proponents of it. Do you do you ever say happy holidays and get yelled at for it? I haven't. I know people that have. And why would you... That's the most baffling thing to me, saying happy holidays and then, you know, uh, reacting negatively. Someone's wishing you well and you say, no, I'm angry at you now because you're not wishing me well in the way that I wanted you to. Yeah, it's the equivalent of people that get mad at people that say Black Lives Matter, and they're like, all lives matter, and you're like, I didn't say they didn't. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. was just saying happy holidays, you dick. Actually, a fun little side note here. The phrase happy holidays is not a modern invention. That goes back to the 1800s. Yeah, so suck it, MAGA. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's not like this is some sort of new invention by the the liberal lame scream media or something like that to to declare a war on Christmas. And I've always been curious how overtly religious 
do people need to be in order for you to be satisfied? Yeah, I mean, you're asking the wrong guy. I live in a state that all year round there are bumper stickers, keep the Christ in Christmas. So, I mean, this isn't the demographic I would interview for that. Yeah, I know. I, I, I It was more of a rhetorical question than anything. Uh, because the, the the point being, I mean, they look at these Christmas ads and they get all angry. It's like, where are, where are all the Christian icons uh, or Christian iconography? And it's like, they're advertising a product. Like, wouldn't it be a little bit crass if they included a bunch of stuff that's religious in there? And some people just like to be angry. I, I guess so. Like, I'm just imagining like, you know, like Walmart being like, Oh, hey, you know, Jesus died for your sins, and we're dying to give you the best prices. I mean, that that wouldn't go over well. It would with me. <laughs> I'd be like, that's a power move. <laughs> okay, anyway, back to the history that we're discussing today. Uh, let me give you a little bit of a backstory. We've talked about Christmas traditions before. On this podcast, we, I think we mentioned like back when we were talking about the Yevla goat, we were talking about the whole tradition of the Yule goat where you'd like hide a straw goat in your neighbor's house and stuff like that. Yeah, still want to do It's still on my bucket list. <laughs> uh, th- this would have been the perfect time with all that extra time you have during coronavirus. You could have built yourself a straw goat. Well, that means I still have time. <laughs> Okay, anyway, uh, it's a bit out of season, but whatever. I want to take you back to the tradition of the wassail. Have you heard the term wassail before? Uh, A couple seconds ago, yeah. Okay, super. Uh, The term wassail is just like sort of like uh, to go out and feast and make merry and party and sing Christmas songs. Uh, It comes from Old English. It's typically associated with Christmas. And back in history in England and the United Kingdom and places like this. Of course, people went door-to-door singing Christmas carols. Uh, People still do this today. I I don't know if they do it in your neighborhood. Do they? I must have missed that one. You you don't get Christmas carols. You you see it on TV. Okay, I'm sure that there are some people who still go door-to-door singing Christmas carols. Maybe not this year with infectious diseases being on everyone's mind. But... Christmas caroling. Yeah, they don't have the masks on. It sound all muffled and shitty. Like, <laughs> we'll get it next time. Anyway, this this is a tradition. <laughs> that... <laughs> Going and seeing Christmas carols goes back quite far, but it wasn't just about singing the Christmas songs at uh, different residences. The whole tradition of the wassail is that uh, during this time. Uh, people would show up unannounced at people's houses, sing songs, and demand that they be given food and drink. I mean, respect the hustle. Yeah, and if you refused, uh, they would, you know, threaten to break your door down, essentially. This was sort of the tradition that went on. (laughs) That's kind of fun. (laughs) Anyway, uh, the... One of the particular traditions that I thought was great is usually the poorest man in the parish, in the region, he was usually named the Lord of Misrule, and they would take him around to rich people's houses, and the tradition was that rich people had to wait upon him and the people who went around with him. Basically, they were doing a whole sort of role reversal thing. I think that's what a lot of Americans want to do. 
it sounds increasingly uh, more fun as time goes on. I, I would agree. Well, see, that's good radio right there. We agree with each other. <laughs> anyway, so the, the whole tradition was that basically the poor would go around to the rich and the rich would have to serve them. It was Christmas time. This was the tradition. So instead of like the days upon days of service that the poor people would have to give to the rich aristocrats throughout the year, this was the time where it was reversed and the, you had to go and show up at the the Lord's house and uh, he would serve you alcohol and food and that was how it worked. And if you refused, they would threaten to break down your door or threaten violence on your property. Okay, so that's what I was about to ask. Like, these rich guys, they didn't, like, do it like, ha, this is fun holiday shit. They were like, oh, they're going to kill me if I don't. I think many of them uh, kind of just went along with it because they were like, whatever, it's Christmas. Uh I don't think that a lot of this erupted in violence, although violence could erupt. All right, so they were more on board than not. Okay. Yes, uh, I think probably for the very reason that uh, if they didn't get on board, the poor people might certainly suddenly realize that, hey, there's quite a few of us, and if we can make demands like this now, maybe we should do it more often. Um, again, uh, sounds very relatable. <laughs> Anyway, for one reason or another, maybe it was because of the culture at the time, probably because of the culture at the time. I mean, the aristocracy were the, the chosen by God to rule the land. So it, it didn't Thankfully, result... Thankfully, it's not like that anymore. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, anyway, uh, they sort of indulged this. Now, the sentiment started to shift. One of the things that happened in uh, in English history. Now, I, I'm not sure if you're aware of the um, the Reformation biscuit. I mean, you could have stopped at I'm not sure if you're aware, and I think we all assume probably not. Well, I have to ask you these things just on the off chance that you might know. Yeah. Well, guess what? Y- you might be aware that uh, Catholicism was the dominant... (laughs) We just went over this! (laughs) Catholicism was the dominant religion in Europe for many, many years. Uh, Eventually, some people started to decide that, you know, maybe Catholicism isn't the way to go, and maybe we shouldn't be listening to the Pope all the way down there in Rome. Uh, We can start doing things our own way. And that is what happened in England with Henry VIII, uh, who basically broke with the Pope because he wanted to get divorced. But this sort of... <laughs> well, that, yeah, that... I've heard stories about him that he, he was a hell of a guy. <laughs> Didn't he just, like, get bored of his wives and, like, have them executed? It's not that he got bored with them. It's that uh, he wanted a son to become king. And after, you know, fornicating with his wives for, you know, months at a time and them not getting pregnant or producing only daughters he would get frustrated and then want to try again with somebody else. He'd just be like, don't need this one, who's next? Yeah, never once considering that the issue might have been with his pee-pee and not with the women he was marrying. Yeah, well, I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah, so he divorced, killed, or annulled several marriages. I'm sure people are aware of the number of wives he's had. And, uh... Basically, in the end, the Pope said, hey, you can't divorce these people anymore. So he basically said, okay, I'm not going to listen to you anymore. And he essentially started his own church. 
Imagine having the nuts that, like, the Pope says you can't do something. You're like, all right, fuck you, I'm out. <laughs> this kind of glosses over a lot of the history that was building up, but I just want to give you a background. I mean, in Europe itself as well, you had Martin Luther with his 99 theses and protesting against the church and the way things were run. So things started to split. Now He also had that I have a dream speech. Uh, not Martin Luther King, but Martin Luther. Ah, Different guy. Totally different guy. All right. Several hundred years between them. History is vast. (laughs) Anyway, the point is, is that eventually you had what became the Church of England. Very similar to the Catholic Church in some ways, very different in other ways, but this became the dominant thing, and there was sort of a backlash against Catholicism. So Catholicism was started to be purged from the islands, basically. Yay! We did it! Now, I'm sure you've heard of these people. Let's find out. You know who the Puritans are. I've heard the the term, yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're aware it exists. I'm aware it exists, Okay. Yes. So the Puritans were a group of people who wanted to take that whole idea of splitting away from the Catholic Church and take it even further. They weren't fans of the fact that the Church of England looked a lot like the Catholic Church. I mean, sure, it was a little bit different, like you could still get divorced and stuff like that, and, you know, they they weren't as strict, but they still walked around in robes and had bishops and were doing the whole swinging the incense and everything, and the Puritans were basically like, that's not for us. So they were like the 1800s edgelords. Pretty much, I guess. They're they're taking it to the extreme, thinking like... They wanted to dye their hair. Yeah, exactly, right? So Puritans, as I'm sure most people are aware, they're the ones who went and founded a lot of these colonies in the USA because they were so strict or so annoying that basically England was like, okay, you go over here, start this colony, and you can do whatever the hell you want, just leave us alone. Hey, you know what looks great? Like, just... You see that blue? Just just keep going. <laughs> That's basically what we did, what they did. But we're, we're not there yet. So basically the Puritans in England are starting to get a lot and a lot more power. A lot of them start getting elected to Parliament. They start setting the rules. I'm happy for them. And it, it probably went well if we're talking about it. Um, well, well for whom? Let's find out on this episode of Big Bad Nonsense. <laughs> Anyway, this started to put them into conflict with King Charles I uh, because they were running Parliament, and Charles, he didn't like Parliament very much. Yeah, it was people that contradicted him, and not his bag. Yeah, at the time, between Parliament and the King, there was a lot of conflict, mostly because the King wanted to still be able to raise his own taxes, which is a power he had at the time. Think of the King of having like a lot of executive powers in the same way that like the President of the United States does, but Parliament not being so happy about that. Yeah, I mean, they don't have a turtle in the Senate that just rubber stamps it like we do today. <laughs> anyway, point being that uh, they were constantly in conflict. Charles was more than happy to keep all the traditions that people enjoyed and things like that. Puritans, they wanted to take the church into a total direction of like 
total solemnity and seriousness. They wanted the church to be very sober. They weren't big fans of celebration. Uh, they didn't like uh, music and dancing and all this other stuff and drinking. They wanted they they their argument was to live a godly life. You have to work hard, and then in heaven you can do anything you feel like it. Okay. And somewhere the Amish were like, "Man, that sounds good." <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't know if you could call them as being as strict as the Amish, but it, it's definitely like a parallel in a way. They were yeah, big... leans that way a little bit. Sounds like yeah. The thing about the Amish is like the Amish are fine with you know everybody else doing it. They're just like we don't want to do that, so we live this way. The Puritans were kind of like we should force everyone to do this this our way. Yeah, so they're like the Amish were dicks. Yeah, in a way. And they're the ones who largely control Parliament at this point. So England has what is a civil war. It is their second civil war, if I've got my history correct. We had one of those, too. Um, you only had one. Yeah, yeah. England had three. We almost had it again these past <laughs> couple of years, but, you know. You, you still we'll could. Let them take the high score with two. There's still time. Yeah, yeah. about two weeks anyway they had a big civil war basically to decide you know who's going to be in charge here parliament or the king the king lost well i'm sure that's frustrating for him it was and basically they said to him it's like okay here's a big document that sort of lays out what your powers are going to be and what our powers are going to be please sign it he was like ah i mean the king's the shittiest piece on the chessboard, so I mean, maybe he should have foreseen this loss. He refused to sign it. Ah, well, scratch that. They cut off his head. Did he sign it after that? Did he reconsider? <laughs> uh, he was dead, uh, so he didn't give much so consideration no. to anything. No. Well, I bet he'd redo that one. <laughs> the king is dead. Parliament is now in charge. Okay, so that's basically what happened. Now, I'm not going to weep for Charles I uh, because I think, you know, maybe getting rid of kings is something that a lot more countries should do. I'm still surprised that several countries still have kings and queens. Yeah, I mean, they're just kind of a figure for the country at this point. They don't really do anything. Well, Well, I mean, I guess in some countries that's not true. I'm thinking of, you know, the glamorized royal family, but I'm sure in some uh, lesser-off countries that's probably not correct. Well, if you're thinking about something like England, whose history we're discussing right now, the Queen is a ceremonial figurehead. It basically means that she's the ancestor of the person with the most violent army. And (laughs) they're paying her millions of pounds a year to just be that person. Do they really need her? I don't think so. No. I mean, I find stories about the royal family, like, one of the most boring things on Earth. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so basically, fuck them. Anyway. (laughs) Now, I mean, there's other monarchs, like if you look at Saudi Arabia, like, the the king, he's still very much in charge there. Uh, Yeah, I mean, that's a whole different chestnut there. Yeah. At some point, we really should talk about more kings and queens on this podcast. Yeah, they're usually, like, huge pricks. 
Yeah, it's like, because basically almost all of them are just the descendants of the person with the most violent army, and there's no other good reason for them to be there. Yeah, they get told from the moment they can understand sentences, uh, you see this whole world thing? Yeah, that's yours. <laughs> and that tends to um, make people fuck up. Yeah, remind me at some point that we have to do an episode on King Vajira Longcorn. Oh, I, that's a fun name. Yeah, we gotta do that. <laughs> It, it, he, he, like, he is a funny, funny king. Uh, we'll probably be forbidden from ever entering Thailand if we talk about him, but it would still be a funny episode. Eh, that's a risk I'm willing to take. <laughs> okay, so, anyway, King Charles, he's lost his head. Now, he was sort of the one who was holding back the tide of Puritanism in the sense that he was still cool with people celebrating Christmas and things like this. He didn't mind the fact that people celebrated. He didn't want to turn his country into a boring uh, religious somber fest. The Puritans, not so much. A little while ago, I was going to say, now he's holding his head, but then I was like, oh wait, he's not. <laughs> anyway, uh, the Puritans are now in charge, and we have what's called the Interregnum which kind of sucked for a lot of ordinary people. It sounds like it sucks. Yeah. It's not a fun word. <laughs> Interregnum just meaning between kings. It's Latin for between kings. It sounds like a medical term for, like, something going up your butt. <laughs> Interregnum, yeah, it kind of does in a way. Interregnum. <laughs> Okay, this period lasted from 1649 to 1660. Now, in the beginning, it was just basically Parliament. After a little bit, it became clear that Parliament alone couldn't keep things in control. So Oliver Cromwell, who was one of the generals from the uh, Civil War that had just happened, eventually became Lord Protector of England, which is kind of fulfilling the role of king without actually being a king. So he doesn't get the little crown? He doesn't get the little crown, no. Well, actually, he probably had a crown. Oh, okay. Actually, now you've got me curious if he actually wore a crown or not. He had a really I weird mean, that's hairstyle. very important. <laughs> okay, uh, let, let, let me Google this right now. Like, if I was at the grocery store and I just saw some guy walking around, he had a crown on, I'd be like, if he tells me to do something, I gotta do it. Uh, I don't know. This episode of Big Bad Nonsense is made possible by... The the Denver Airport. Yeah, I don't know if he had a crown. Uh, maybe he did. I can't seem to find it anyway. The, the point is, he was fulfilling the role of the king. He was essentially the executive in charge of everything above parliament, I guess you could say. By the time we've recorded again, I expect one of you fuckers to email if this guy had a crown or not. Like... <laughs> I'm putting my ground team on this. <laughs> okay, anyway. So, the Puritans did not like Christmas. It wasn't just Christmas that they hated. They also hated, like, uh, Easter and Whitson. Whitson? Uh, White Sunday. Oh, I thought that was one of the reindeer. <laughs> Whitson and Blitzen? Yeah, and DMX. <laughs> anyway, the, the, the reason behind that was... 
is, you know, I've already mentioned this whole process of like wassailing, like going and partying, uh, getting drunk, demanding food, stuff like that. A lot of these guys in Parliament were rich lords too, so they probably weren't too keen on this whole tradition. This might have been the time where they said, "This now we can stop it. Yeah, they saw the potential of a bunch of frat guys doing like the old-timey version of Duke's Night Out. I could see them not being uh, keen on that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So basically what they did was they made Christmas illegal uh, on the basis that that it's not mentioned in the Bible that Christ's um, birthday should be celebrated, nor Easter. And they were also very upset about a lot of the pagan traditions that were associated with it. They're just like, no singing! <laughs> this is one thing that comes up often today, is that a lot of the things that we do as Christian celebrations are actually pagan in nature. Like the whole idea of uh, celebrating Christmas in December. Originally, the Puritans and like other people posited that Christ's birth was actually sometime in September. I mean, that's a great debate to get into because at the end of the day, I, who fucking cares? <laughs> well, it's interesting because from a historical standpoint or, you know, from a philosophical one, you can point out that the reason we have Christmas in December is because when Christianity took over Europe, they wanted to co-opt the celebrations that were already happening and change them into Christian ones. Christmas is basically the Roman festival of Saturnalia, but readapted to be all about Jesus. I mean, who doesn't know that? Saturnalia. <laughs> It's about Saturn, I'm going to guess. It is about Saturn, right? That's Hey, look at that! <laughs> the, the god, not the planet. Uh, I, I'll take it. <laughs> well, the planet is named after the god, so it's all connected. Yeah, I know. <laughs> anyway, so with things like that, with the pagan elements and celebration, they basically said, you know, this is paganism, this is Catholicism, this is stuff we don't want. They wanted it set up so that only Sundays would be a time of worship and holiness, and the only thing that you could do on a Sunday was just not work. I believe I've heard of this. In what sense? The, the whole Sunday not working thing. <laughs> it is an interesting concept, like having a day where like everything's closed and we just don't have to work. That would be nice. Yeah, but you know, capitalism. Yeah, capitalism. So they wanted to enforce this with like absolute rigor. And they basically said, Sundays only, those are the days when you go to church and then you go home and contemplate how great Jesus is. No festivals, no singing, nothing else of the sort. Anytime that Christmas came along, they had to legally force all of the shops to stay open because, of course, being a holiday, they would close the shops and be like, we're going to go spend time with our family and drink some eggnog or whatever it is that they did at the time. And they said, nope, shops should be open. No excuses. That sounds familiar too, doesn't it? Man, there are a lot of parallels here. <laughs> and uh, that's basically what it came out to. Now, none of this was popular, of course. Why? <laughs> I love working on holidays. <laughs> well, I mean, 
this this is their point that they were making. Only Sunday could ever be a holiday to them. Yeah, and it sounds great. You get up, you go to a place, you listen to a guy talk about something, then you go home and you spend the rest of the day going, wasn't that great? Yes. That sounds really fun. This was the Puritan mindset, right? In their very strict interpretation of the Bible, there was no day that merited celebration except for Sundays, which was God's day, the day he rested. Every other day, not being specifically mentioned in the Bible as a day of, uh, you know, religious celebration or anything like that, just was irrelevant to them. They said, there's none of that, none of this drinking and feasting. We don't like drinking. We don't like feasting. We don't like dancing. We don't like singing. They enjoyed we none of really it. don't really like anything. Yeah, yeah. They, they did allow for opera is one of the things that they still continued to allow because they considered it yeah, more I holy. Mean, that's a dick move there. I'd be like, no, ban that too. <laughs> but any sort of dancing, any sort of theater, anything like that was all banned. Like it, it, it extended farther than just Christmas. So, so there's just a theater with some opera dude up there. It's like this kind of sucks. Several people continued to celebrate Christmas in secret. Ooh, secret Christmas. <laughs> That's what I call, you know, going in the back way. So they would, uh, you know, still close their shops. They would still do just things like step over that one, aren't you? Okay, <laughs> go ahead. They would still go. They would still close their shops. They would still do things like make mince pies. They would still go and have like a drink with friends and things like this. But they basically had to do it in secret. Imagine what a time to be alive that you have to sneak out to make a mince meat pie. I mean, what a wild party! <laughs> In 1656, uh, the MPs were very unhappy because uh, the members of parliament were very unhappy because they got very little sleep one December, one 25th of December, and uh, they decided that they needed to clap down even more, especially since when they went out the next day, there was not a single shop open, and this irritated them because they couldn't buy bread, I guess. Which is, I mean, when I have a bad night's sleep, that's the first thing I do is go out and get a loaf of bread. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you use it as a pillow, and there you go. <laughs> So they started to clamp down even more. Uh, It got to the point where eventually the Lord Mayor of London was ordered to send soldiers into the streets to arrest or fine anyone who was suspected of doing anything Christmassy. You're under arrest for having fun. (laughs) Like, almost literally, that's what they were doing. Yes, right? it's unbelievable how much, like, bad enough that they had a king, that the the nation's resources and culture was all directed to one guy. They finally get rid of him, and then the first thing that happens is that you have all these zealots get in who decide that, no, there's only one way that we're allowed to worship, and this is it. Yeah. Like, whew, we got rid of that asshole. Now there's 10,000 assholes! <laughs> like, imagine being a poor guy in that time. 
some of the only respite that you get is Sundays where you don't have to go and plow the field for a day and the only thing that you can do is go to church and the rest of the time it's like you're not even allowed to drink alcohol or have fun and then Christmas finally rolls around and people are like, no. Nah. Yeah. It's like, oh, I've been looking forward to this all year and they're like, no, nah, you're not. <laughs> this, of course, is, you know, compounded by the fact that Historically, in England, Christmas was a 12-day celebration. I'm sure you're familiar with the song, The 12 Days of Christmas, right? Christmas usually... Yeah. Sorry? Partridge in a pear tree. Exactly. This is the one I... Well, no, actually, I didn't get it right. But I knew the song. You knew the song. There we go. And the, the, the first day of Christmas is a partridge in a pear tree. Yeah. So Christmas was t- typically a 12-day celebration extended from 25th Christmas Day until the Epiphany on the 6th of January. And all of that was just basically thrown out the window by these Puritans. I was going to say, if we follow that window and you get this out in the next two days, then it being a Christmas episode still makes sense. (laughs) This is true. This is very true. Uh, Tomorrow is the epiphany. If I get it out then, it is still technically Christmas celebration. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say that didn't end up happening, but it's fun to dream. Yeah, it did not. Yeah, well, we'll no. see. <laughs> anyway, uh, this madness finally came to an end in 1660 when the monarchy was restored to the throne of England. Charles II, the son of King Charles, ascended to the throne, and he basically put away with all of this. I, I missed how he came back, or how they came back. How he came They're back? It's like, we want to do, we want to do the king thing again. Well, you know, these Puritan guys were largely unpopular. Oliver Cromwell as the Lord Protector, and this is another example of, you know, the rich and powerful make the rules but never follow them. He lived a very lavish lifestyle as the Lord Protector of England, and this was considered largely hypocritical. Uh, The Puritans, of course, they're members of Parliament, but they're not there representing the people. These are rich guys in all sense of the word they're not the ordinary people so their rule was not bound to last especially if they were taking away anything that the ordinary person could do that was fun so basically big money just looked at him and was like yeah we're going back to the king thing big money i don't know what it was a whole variety of influences i mean it, it way more time it would take to explain it than we have in this podcast but basically they were unpopular. All right, so I'll sum it up biscuit style. Go Some ahead. Some guys looked at him and were like, fuck you guys, and they went back to the king. That's pretty much what happened. Oliver Cromwell died in 1658. Uh, the parliament increasingly lost popularity, eventually got to the point where someone was like, hey, maybe it would be nice to bring the king back and just stop this idiocy. And, you know, eventually at the head of an army, he came back into power, the son of the guy whose head they cut off. Well, I mean, no hard feelings. (laughs) Uh, As far as I know, Oliver Cromwell was dug up and they cut his head off. doesn't really matter when he's already (laughs) dead. I mean, that's really spiking the football there. Yeah. That's just just not necessary. (laughs) Charles II was not happy about Cromwell cutting the head of his dad off. Well, apparently not. That or he's like really afraid of zombies. Anyway, uh, that was basically the end of that. During this restoration period, 
everything that the parliament came up with was basically null and void. Now, the king didn't come back with the same powers that his dad had. Charles II had to make several concessions coming back to be the king of England again. They basically said, okay, you you can come back because you're better than these idiots who we've got running the country now, but you're going to have to take a hit on some of your powers. And he was basically, well, I'm not a king right now, and if I say yes, I can be. So that's how that worked. So you can have the throne back. Um, We're going to need your balls, though. And he was like, yeah, all right. I don't think he actually had to give up his own testicles, but... It's a figure of speech, sir. All right. I was trying to be funny. Yeah, how'd it go? (laughs) Now, as I've already mentioned, the Puritans are booming in America at this time. Around the early 1600s, the Puritans, not being so popular in England, had started to have been pushed away. They basically said, go and start colonies. We're sick of you guys arguing. And a lot of them had done that. Now, although they didn't really come into power and get a lot of control in England until about the 1640s or 1650s, in the United States, 1620, all around that time, Puritans, they were in charge. So they basically said, we're starting a whole new society here, and Christmas and Easter, they don't exist. I mean, bring back the good old times. So, essentially, in a lot of these colonies that would become the USA, there was no Christmas in the beginning. But, I mean, it was all smooth sailing from there. Like, was it? America's doing good. <laughs> it's funny because... A lot of these Puritan elements still exist in modern American society, but it's almost done like a full 180, and now it's almost like on behalf of capitalism and creating some sort of Christian hegemony, it's done a total reversal. Yeah, it's a real tug of war, but um, I mean, that sort of no fun allowed shit started really making a comeback these past couple of years, so next few will be fun. So for several several years in America. Christmas, Easter, they just did not exist. Uh, the Puritans nicknamed the celebration of Christmas Fool's Tide because they thought that, you know, the celebration of Christmas was only for fools. And uh, at one point... Back at, back then, that was a sick burn. <laughs> one In one colony, some non-Puritan workmen uh, were, were caught celebrating Christmas by playing a game called stool ball. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, you made that up. No, that's real. It's actually one of the sports that would eventually become baseball. Ah, stool ball, you see, you take a seat right here, you take a hurl at your best pal, maybe he catches it. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure how stool ball was played. I'm sure it was probably something similar to baseball in some way but I don't know how different or similar it was. They were just using stools as bats because they were too poor to get a bat. (laughs) Anyway, uh, these non-Puritans... I'm going long on this one, I tells you. (laughs) These workers who weren't Puritans were caught doing this, unaware of the rules, and they were punished by the governor at the time, uh, William Bradford, and uh, basically him saying, you know, and this is a quote, my conscience cannot let you play while everybody else is out working. I mean, imagine being that much of a killjoy that you just see two guys playing a game that sounds like it's not even any fun, and you're like, (laughs) can't have it. (laughs) Yeah, and they're playing it because it's Christmas. 
Now, they're not using the stool as a bat. I got it. They're playing catch with the stool because I can't afford a ball. <laughs> okay. Uh, in addition to figuring out if Oliver Cromwell had a crown, listeners, you have to try and figure out uh, how stool ball is played. I mean, I need as much stool ball information as you can find. If there's a book on it, I want to know what it is. That's S-T-O-O-L-E hyphen ball. Okay? So yeah. if anyone's interested, I probably should have looked that one up. I was just like, oh, yeah, precursor to baseball. Okay, sure, whatever. I didn't really think much of it. But you really grasped on that one. Yeah, load it up, boys. <laughs> Okay, by the time the Puritans had settled Boston around the year 1660 to 1680 or so, uh, Christmas was totally outlawed as a celebration in that region. Anyone caught merrymaking would be fined. So, I mean, they're just like guys walking around there like, did you just laugh? <laughs> Pretty much. It Even when Congress held its first session, in 1789 uh christmas still wasn't a big deal like i just i don't get how it's enforced but sure i i i didn't even make that very clear congress held their first session on the 25th of december 1789 so the first session of congress was held on christmas day because nobody gave a shit yeah i missed that one i mean and now you just like find out from like cnn it's like oh they decide to not go to work for a month different time not really. Uh, how long do you think it took before Christmas was declared a federal holiday? I mean, 69 years. That's not so far off. It's not? <laughs> Maybe if you could just add a little bit. 690 years. <laughs> it's still illegal. <laughs> 600, yeah, okay. Uh <laughs> It wasn't until Ulysses S. Grant was president that Christmas was declared a federal holiday. Holy shit! So we're talking about, like, the, the late 1800s here. It was more than a century, basically. I mean, I actually, knowing myself, I'm not surprised I don't know that. But you'd think that would be more common knowledge. Uh, you would I think it would... I kind of assumed it was a thing forever. Well, that's the thing, right? Nobody wants to rag on Christmas because it's a fun time. Like, even if you're not Christian, like lots of people celebrated, like secular uh, and Christian alike. Even some people from different religions celebrate Christmas. It's a fun time. You get to you get a little bit of time off work. You get to be with your family. So nobody really wants to knock it. And yeah. and pe- if you're most people, you even get a package delivered to you. Not me. <laughs> And those who are all part of the Christian identity movement uh, want to make it first and foremost as some sort of pinnacle of the nation coming together under Christian ideals. So they're not going to talk about this history where it was considered almost sacrilegious to celebrate it. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's, you know, sleeping dogs and all that. People bring up history in a way that suits their own agenda. You know, that's one of the reasons why we do this podcast, because it's like, hey, look, everything was bullshit. Like, it's all total nonsense. Hence the name. <laughs> it's big, it's bad, and it's nonsense. Yeah, I mean, I, you summed it up. Everything's bullshit. Uh, Happy New Year, everybody! Now, that's not to say that 
Christmas wasn't celebrated in the American colonies. It's just that there is a division between the Puritan elements and the more, I guess you could say at the time, liberal, small L, liberal, socially liberal elements. Uh, who liberals. did say? <laughs> uh, one example here is that in Massachusetts, the Puritans kept up a boycott of Christmas for a very long time. The, the conflict, you could see it in the example, for example, Sir Edmund Andros, uh, he had a Christmas Day service at the Boston townhouse. The Roy, he's the royal governor of Massachusetts, and they were so worried about violence from Puritans that they had to have redcoats hanging out with him to stop people from attacking him, basically, for having a Christmas celebration. Do you think it's just because, you know, no electricity and they, like, didn't have something else to do? It seems like such a weird thing to get so militant mad about. Having nothing else to do would sort of be a good reason to have Christmas, in my opinion, right? It's like, okay... Hey, look at that! This guy's (laughs) figured it out. (laughs) Why these people were so opposed, like, it it was just the movement at the time. I, I don't... To go into the full historical context, I don't think we ever could. But this was sort of the backlash against Catholicism. For the longest time, they thought, you know... The, the Pope had messed everything up, that we had to get a, to a purer form of religion, and the only way to do that was to live these very somber lifestyles, and they had to just throw away all these frivolities, as they saw them, to be closer to God. Now, I don't think that really worked for them. In the end, they all died. Nobody cares what they think about anymore. I mean, that's, uh, I mean that would indicate uh, lack of success, yeah. What, being dead? Being dead and everybody that looks back on you being like, yeah, I don't want to do that. They're stupid. Well, I mean, it it certainly says something to these war on Christmas people today where it's like, hey, you know, if you look back at the founders of your nation, a lot of them were pretty divided on whether Christmas should be celebrated at all, never mind whether you should say Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays. Yeah, maybe pick a different hill to die on. Would be the implication there. Maybe just give up the hill. Yeah, or die. <laughs> the, the only reason that the war on Christmas exists in you know popular media is because they know that they can say it and that people will get angry and they will listen and they will give them their time, attention, and money. Yeah, I mean, that's any kind of national news in general now. It's... You know, it's a reality TV, which is why we have a reality TV president. You know, it's all about the sound bites. It's not about what's actually being conveyed to you. And that one, it'll, you just kind of, war on Christmas, you just kind of roll that grenade into the room and walk away, and you're good. So that's nice. So it's interesting to note that, you know, the original war on Christmas was done by Christians. Yeah. You guys fucked up. You played yourselves. In a way, it still is today because the war... No, it absolutely is. The war on Christmas is something that these Christian identitarians have made up to further their own goals. Yeah. There's nobody that wants to get rid of Christmas. It's not there. (laughs) They just want to be like, oh, you celebrate something else? Cool. Cool. That's the whole thing. 
but they're so fucking insecure that's like they're killing Jesus. I I think you've summed it up perfectly there, Biscuit. What have we learned from this? We've always been dumb, and most of our biggest problems we cause to ourselves. That's a pretty accurate assessment. I don't think I could have said it any better. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're all, we're all our own worst enemy. Um, some people are immune to good advice. Humans are dumb. Happy New Year. <laughs> I think, you know, we should look forward to the the positive things that might happen and just try to wor- make the world a better place. Instead of worrying about how people celebrate or what they celebrate, focus on doing some good and, you know, say hello to people, I guess. That's a terrible, terribly put, but that's my advice. 2021, don't suck. <laughs> Biscuit, do we have anything to plug? Um, I have a reverse plug. Go ahead. Um, you probably don't have Jake from State Farm over where you live, do you? I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. Well, State Farm's an insurance company here. And do you know Flo from Progressive? You don't? I, no. What are you talking about? Okay. Well, he's like their spokesman on all their commercials. They hit on one a couple years ago, and it was popular. And now he's in every single one, and they keep addressing him as Jake from State Farm. It's like... All right, you made a good commercial four years ago. We get it. Americans will know what I'm talking about, I swear. Is he a mascot? Yeah, he's like a guy. So he's just one of these people who's appeared in several adverts for this insurance company. Yeah, but he's in every fucking commercial on TV. He's in all the songs on the radio. It's like, yeah, I, I get it. So... Is he's like that that kid from the Dell commercials, but for an insurance commercial? Sure, it, it, he's they've overplayed their hand. I'm done with Jake from State Farm. <laughs> this is flying right over my head. I really hope our listeners can parse this better than I can. <laughs> I kind of hope they can. Okay, now that everyone's sufficiently confused, I'd like to remind you, BigBadNonsense at gmail.com, Twitter at BigBadNonsense. Please, send us a message. Feel free to tweet us. We should do more tweeting. We should do more tweeting, Biscuit. Yeah, I'm going to go call Ben Shapiro a bitch. Uh, Why not? He is. I mean, he is such a douche, though. (laughs) I, uh, I hate that guy. Yeah. I hate Jake from State Farm. (laughs) More or less than Ben Shapiro? Uh, I mean, it's getting close. (laughs) Okay, Big Bad Nonsense is available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Uh, Tune in. God damn it. (laughs) You got it? Spotify. Yeah! Have I said them all? Um, that's five. It, okay, super. So I've said them all. Who, if people are listening to us, they know how to find this bloody podcast. I mean, that's a safe assessment, yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for listening, pod people. It's great to know that you've been here with us. Please recommend us to a friend, or don't. I can't really force you to do anything. I can. Biscuit Go look can. up stool ball. Get me some <laughs> fucking pages. All right. Thanks for listening, and uh, goodbye.
Ball. Yep. I didn't think that one would hit as hard as it did. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't sound real. Uh, th that's apparently what baseball used to be called. Uh, There's even well, a Wikipedia article out. on it. Here it is. Stool ball. Stool ball is a sport that dates back to the 15th century, originating in Sussex, southern England. It may be an ancestor to cricket, baseball, and rounders. What the fuck? Rounders? You've never heard of rounders before? No. It's it's like um it's like baseball but in a circle almost. Oh, well, yeah. All right. I I don't know. It it's not it's not a popular sport. Like I'm way more people would have heard of cricket than rounders, so I don't blame you for that one. It's not as popular as stool ball. Okay, there is a tradition that it was played by milkmaids who used their milking stools as a wicket. Aha, uh -huh, okay. <laughs> oh, I think I kind of get it. Okay, so like it's like cricket in the sense that there's a wicket, but they're using a it's like stool. like cricket with chairs. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Uh, and, that's that's and kind a, of a letdown, but okay. <laughs> and a bittle or a milk bowl as a bat. All right, we're back. <laughs> uh, okay, interesting. 